Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to A Different Spirit, the podcast for today's Christian woman. I'm your host, Afi Pittman. Join my guests and I on each episode as we share strategies to help you live life in a different spirit. Hello and welcome to A Different Spirit, the podcast for today's Christian woman that discusses overcoming life, relationship, and professional challenges. I am your host, Afi Pittman. I'm an author, blogger, and artist. You can find me at authorofmyfaith.com or afipittman.com. And if you're listening live, you can also call in at 646-787-1613. So today my guest is Ms. Mrs. Alicia Buchanan. She's the creator of From Exile to Embrace, a family-owned business that helps black women transition, transform, and transcend in their life, family, and business. She has a free guide at bit.ly forward slash becoming my best self. Her transformational story of being exiled from the black church after, excuse me, she has a transformational story of being exiled from the black church after experiencing a mental health breakdown, and that led her to create the golden opportunity to develop. Forgiveness was the first step in reclaiming her power, moving past the shame and pain, traveling to Africa, and starting her own family business, which is also online business. Her forgiveness journal has been used by many men and women to help alleviate their emotional and psychological pain, embrace their truth, and move forward in their journey. She's also taken personal and professional experiences as a licensed clinical social worker social worker, I get tongue-tied, in Texas um, as an author, a transformational speaker, and life and well-being coach to live out her purpose. She's been seen in Incline Magazine on our blog, author of My Faith Christian Women's Blog, and was a brand ambassador for Oprah Magazine. Hi, Alicia. Thank you for joining us today. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank yes, you, ma'am, thank you. Indeed. Absolutely. So I just wanted to tell you that I'm excited to have you on because when I saw that you were a licensed social, licensed clinical social worker, um, you know, I, I am an advocate for mental health, and I'm of the belief that if you think you need counseling, you should probably go. But I know that there's a stigma, you know, even still, even in 2019, even though more people talk about it, but I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing and you're sharing your story and getting it out there so that other people can get help. Yes, absolutely. It's definitely um, necessary because so many people are living in fear. They're uh, uh, afraid and 
they are ashamed and embarrassed of um, what they're dealing with every day. And um, I'm I'm grateful to to let them know that they are not alone and that there is help out there. Absolutely. So as I said before, you're a licensed clinical social worker. So tell us how you got started in that area. So I, I've been working in social services what seems like all of all of my career, honestly. Um, and I met a social worker one day by chance. Um, actually, I was I was the recipient of um, social services needing help because at the time I had a son who was very ill, um, and he needed early childhood intervention. It's called ECI. Most states have it. So I met a social worker who was coming in my home and um, helping helping us, and it was a really tough time for me. And I thought to myself, you know, once I got out of that experience, I thought to myself, I want to be able to help someone. Um, unfortunately, I ended up losing my son. He passed away more than 10 years ago. But because of that experience with the social worker, that is what I decided to uh, pursue for my master's degree and, and have been doing it ever since, and I really enjoy it. And that's also one aspect of um, social work is that they do carry caseloads and different things like that, but there is a counseling aspect mm-hmm. to it. Um, a lot of pe- I think a lot of people are, you know, they don't really know that, but they are licensed to provide counseling services like one-on-one. I'm, I'm not sure about marriage and family therapy, but um, they can provide those services to you as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. So a lot of people don't know that the the field of social work is such a broad field. So you have people working in policy and research and working in communities, but you also have people that are working one-on-one with individuals and families to help them with the transformation, their well-being, and have a better quality of life. And so um, that aspect of social work, working directly with someone, there are social workers that work with couples. They work in mental health and provide uh, one-to-one counseling. And it's, it's, a, it's really amazing um, what they can do. Um, you know, compared to someone who may be licensed as a marriage and family therapist or a licensed right. professional counselor or a licensed chemical dependency counselor, is that a social worker can also work in all of those arenas as well. Um, even though our training <clears throat> is slightly different because a social worker looks at um, the whole person in their environment and what's seeing them, not just you know, what symptoms they're dealing with or the mental health aspect, but they're looking at their their environment, what may be going on in the home or what's going on in the community, what services they need to be linked with, um, and as well as policy and how policy is impacting their ability to access resources or live a full life. So it's, um you know, that was another reason why I went into social work because it's, there's so many possibilities to help people. Hmm. And so um, because we were talking about counseling, what's the value of counseling and when should someone see 
a counselor or mental health worker? That's a great question. I would say anyone should see a counselor at any point in their life. You don't have to wait until you're in a crisis or you're having a major breakdown or facing a challenge. Um, It's just like going to the doctor. If someone goes to the doctor for their annual physical, why would you get your body checked up and you not get your mind checked up? Or at least give yourself that opportunity to sit down and talk with someone um, and work through a strategy or a plan instead of waiting until something negative happens or a crisis arises. It's like being proactive. Um, you know, most people wait until something happens or they're at the lowest point in their life when they do seek counseling or, you know, um, decide that they need help. But I always encourage people to just go at least once a year just to make sure everything is okay, to check in and build that ongoing relationship with a, a, a licensed professional so that when the crisis time does happen, you're not, you know, you're not at that point where you're trying to figure everything out and scramble and find the right help. I like the way you put that about looking at it as sort of like a checkup, like just what you would do with your body. And it made me think about, or, you know, it's the mental version of getting your physical with your body. But it made me think about, my pastor it was I think it was maybe sometime last year he was talking about um, mental health, and there was this stigma against it even in the church and so he said that because um, he's had cancer, he's beat cancer, and I think that's why a lot of people have a lot of faith for healing in our church because he had faith we prayed for him, and he recovered, but he's also had mm-hmm. issues with depression in the past he's been very open about it, and I think that probably helps a lot of people too think, wow, you know here's this man. He's accomplished, he's smart, he's funny, you know, all these great things, but he's willing to admit, you know, his weaknesses and also his struggles. But he said, you know, I don't understand why you would tell someone who's struggling with mental health, you just need to have more faith. You know, that's why this thing is, this quote unquote thing isn't going away. But you would never say that to a cancer patient. (laughs) You know, why is it that we say that to people who are struggling with mental health? That, you know, we would say those things to them, but we would never say that to someone who's struggling with a very serious physical um, ailments and issues. So I like the way you put that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and there are there is the, um, still quite a bit of stigma in the church. Um, there are, you know, however, there are a lot of faith-based mental health initiatives where the churches are partnering with um, professionals and providing counseling in their churches or at least having education where people are coming in and they're talking with the church about mental health and helping them to understand that it's okay to get help, that you can pray and you can go to counseling. You can pray and go to therapy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that there are professionals that are trained um, that also will, you know, will welcome their faith because that's what I do. I, I, I welcome um, faith in my practice with mental health and in and, and, and almost everything that I do as a social worker um, because that's a huge part of a person's um, strength, you know, is if they are able to pray or they 
have a belief um, in their faith, then that's one more tool that they can use to help them work through their issues. But they don't have to work through right. it alone, you know, because right. God, he created people who can help them. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And so you mentioned earlier not waiting until there's a crisis. So what advice would you give someone who is facing a challenge that they feel is insurmountable? Okay. Well, I would uh, advise someone, I would rather encourage someone, is to find someone whom they can trust. If they if they have someone in their personal life that they feel they can trust and let them know that they are dealing with a challenge or they're struggling, and if they can just be of support to them, you know, just just help them to find the right help, or just be a listening ear to say I'm I'm dealing with this and I need I need help. Can you help me find, you know, find someone who can help me. I would also say if someone doesn't have a person in their life that they can trust and they're just going it alone, um, is I would encourage them um, to look within their community and call call a local crisis hotline. There's usually one in the community that they can call and uh, and figure out where they can get help um, or reach out to their employer if they're employed because typically jobs have employee assistance programs where they can go and get counseling for free. They can go and get um, maybe four or five sessions to meet with someone for free. Um, but I would just encourage them to take take action and not just hold on to the challenge that they're facing because it's not going to get any better if they don't take the first step. I like that. And so now what do you have coming up that um, anyone who's listening now or in the future can be a part of or reach out to you for? Well, what I would encourage um, people to do uh, is check out my free guide at um, bit.ly forward slash becoming my best self. That's where I would encourage people to start first because they can get the free resources, the forgiveness journal, and um, six other resources to help them in their life and business, and they can keep um, keep in touch with me that way because they'll be signing up for uh, my newsletters and all of my upcoming events. Okay, and so then how can uh, we get more information and also stay connected with you. Okay, yes, absolutely. Um, so that's one way is, is the free resource guide, but also um, people can follow me on Facebook or Instagram at one Alicia Buchanan and connect with me. I love to hear from people and offer encouragement and support on um, on social media as well. And my website is aliciabuchanan.com, and also people can um, get get some resources through YouTube, my YouTube channel as well. Uh, it's bit.ly forward slash aliciabuchanan. 
Um, I offer a lot of free mental health strategies um, and resources as well on YouTube. Okay, awesome. And so we've still got some time, and because I, you know, I'm enjoying hearing all, you know, I I like I love talking to counselors because I feel like I always learn something new from you guys every time I talk to one, right? So I wanted to ask you this question. So I feel like when you're single, sometimes you have the hardest time, not everybody, but it seems like so many singles have the hardest time getting married to someone that they feel um, like, you know, is a good candidate for marriage. Or when they finally Mm -hmm. do get married, there are like all these obstacles. They're like, oh, my God, I didn't know. (laughs) What in the world did I get myself (laughs) into? But one of the things that I keep seeing come up for married folks is communication, like, you know, issues Mm -hmm. in communication and communication breakdowns. So what advice would you give to married couples who are maybe fighting like cats and dogs, you know, things are going in one ear and not the other, they meant it this way and the other person took it that way. What advice would you give married couples to really get this communication thing down? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Well, first I'll start off by saying that marriage is not easy, which I'm sure everybody already knows marriage is not easy. But I feel like uh, marriage itself and two people coming together is that nothing happens by mistake. So if you're with that person, there's a reason why you were connected with that person to marry them in the first place. Um, And also that marriage is not about making anyone happy. Um, Two people have you know, two people are individual people, first of all. So every every person who is involved in the marriage goes to two separate individuals. And each individual is responsible for their own happiness. So I feel um, in the past some struggles that I've had in my marriage personally with that breakdown in communication is when I had, I would have to remind myself that, you know, um, my happiness doesn't depend on my husband happiness and that I'm still an individual person who is learning, who is growing, and so is he. And so I think the the opportunity rather than a challenge is finding those moments when you can connect with each other before there's a breakdown in communication and just share, you know, share what what your plans are, what your goals are and find those moments to uplift one another and praise each other and say good things about one another. Um, Because the Mm. more you learn about um, someone, (laughs) which when you get into a marriage, you don't know everything about each other because you're going to grow, you're going to change, you're going to evolve over time. Um, Think finding those moments to connect and praise each other, uplift each other, and just communicate maybe one or two things. Hey, here's what I'm doing and this is what I'm working on. Um, and this is a challenge for me right now or I'm dealing with this, but you know, but I still care about you, I still love you or just finding those moments because I think that that's where people get stuck sometimes is relying on the other person 
to make them happy mm-hmm. or to please them in a certain way when we we're all we are together as you know people are together as one in a marriage but they're also two individual individual people who are on the faith walk and learning and growing as individuals but connected in the marriage covenant if that makes sense it does i like that and i i've heard before I've heard multiple people now say that your spouse is not responsible for making you happy. <laughs> so yes, I just, I'm like, you know, I, <laughs> like we better get the program, singles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we've still got some time left. So I, I want to ask you this. It's impromptu, and I, I hope it's not a curveball to you, but – um, I think it's something that a lot of believers have faced at some point in their, their life. And I'm asking you this, it inspired, when you were talking about integrating your faith with um, your counseling, that's what inspired this. So if someone has experienced church hurt, what should they do mm-hmm. to recover from it? And I ask that question because I feel like we, we, it, we tend to give up on church altogether and therefore we really don't grow spiritually. Like I, I don't, agree with people who think that they might go back to church at some point, but we're kind of half-hearted and we're bitter towards people and they pick up on it. And, you know, we're just like, see, I knew, and it really kind of wasn't them. It was you or three, you know, we just kind of skirt like with different churches and we leave at will. And, you know, we come up with all these reasons to go against what people are asking us to do. And I I don't agree with any of those. I kind of maybe have been somebody in maybe all three of those categories at some point, but I don't agree with it. I've grown and I've matured, and I just don't agree with that. So what advice would you give someone who has experienced church hurt? Okay. Well, that, that I mean, that's a huge part of my story um, and how I got started in being, you know, exiled or kicked out of a church um, while I was experiencing a breakdown. And so it, it really did test my faith my personal faith, um, you know, in my my relationship with God, and it also challenged my ability to trust um, church people. <laughs> but over the time, because it's been it's been more than ten years, almost ten years now since it happened, uh, it took time to to heal from it and to um, understand and learn lessons. But one thing I would say for someone who has experienced it, whether it's, you know, it was a small misunderstanding or if it was something, you know, something a little bit more severe like what I experienced, is I would encourage people to not lose their faith. You can learn and you can grow and you can have positive relationships and you can be able to communicate and and get what you need, but that is what I would definitely say is don't lose your faith in your relationship. Come into a place of acceptance and not completely forsaking my fellowship with, with people in general. Um, because I was at that point where I said, you know, I'm never going back to a church. I'm never going to be a member. Right. I'm never going to be in fellowship with them. But what God has shown me over time is I can fellowship with people in many different places. I meet right. believers everywhere I go. 
um, and even people who are of different faith as well. Um, I connect with them in their faith, and we have an understanding. Uh, we may not believe in the, the same thing, but it's still that fellowship with them because, you know, we're all human humans. And I think it's just been a learning process that God is showing me over time that um, there are good people out there, and just because a misunderstanding happened, then it doesn't mean that you just write off all people in general. Right, or like you say, even all churches. And I, I think you made a mm-hmm. great point that maybe it just might be a season that you have to sit out and get healthy because I, I think in right. any relationship, in any setting, like I think who who you are and what you bring to that situation is going to influence it in some way. And church is no different because it's still people. So if you're not healthy and contribute to the church, or it doesn't excuse it, but you know it it contributes mm-hmm. to it. You know, and so maybe, like you said, maybe the Lord is just asking you to sit this one out, sit the season out, and then, you know go on to the next place. Maybe for right now it's not going to be a church. Maybe down the line it might be. But So I, I really I really mm-hmm. like that. That that kind of helped me too because I've experienced it, you know, and I think sometimes it's hard to get over certain things when you don't look at it from a different perspective. So Yeah, absolutely. And I was so involved um, with that particular church. I, I, had, I had a call in my heart to do mission work and to do work in the community and to do work with um, other groups outside of the church. But because I was so involved, there was an opportunity. So I also take from that that, you know, God may have pulled me out of that environment so that I could be able to be a part of other things, you know, to get healthy, but also see um, where other assignments were. Because since then, I've, you know, mm. I, I was able to go to Africa. Um, I've been a part of faith-based mental mental health initiatives in other churches mm. where I go out and speak. Um, I visit other churches and partner with pastors. So it's it's it it wasn't, you know, the break that was that was a breakthrough that came because of the breakdown. And. Um, mm. You know, I'm grateful that he removed me from that place because I wouldn't be able to, you know, fulfill the other assignments that he has for me to do. Okay, yeah, awesome. Absolutely. So, Alicia, those were all the questions that I had for you today. Thank you so much for joining me, and I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, me too. This was great. Thank you. And to the listeners, remember, as Alicia was saying, sometimes your breakdown could lead to a breakthrough. I'll say that again. Sometimes the breakdown can lead to a breakthrough. And that concludes our show today. Thank you so much for joining us. And for anyone who's going to listen in the future, please share this. If you want to be a guest on the show, just let me know. Go to authorofmyfaith.com and you'll see the opportunity to do so. And if you want to follow us and get notifications, just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash author of faith. And until the next time, remember to live life in a different spirit.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.